Hello and welcome Never Sleepers. Thank you for tuning in to Ross Never Sleeps. I'm your host, Alex Ross. What a great episode ahead. I had the chance to talk with the amazingly talented duo of Deanne Smith and Jess Solomon, who came in to promote their new season of live Solomon and Smith shows at Comedy Bar here in Toronto. But first, what's new on NeverSleepsNetwork.com? Tomorrow and every Tuesday, an all-new Vesta Friends podcast. This week from Peter and Chris, the funny and ever so sweet Chris Wilson. Wednesday, we launch the second season of Speaking Duck, my food podcast. So if you aren't tired of me over here and you want to hear me talking to some of the best chefs and entrepreneurs in the food industry, this season starts off with a bang from Kaplansky's Deli, the prince of smoked meat here in Toronto, Zane Kaplansky, will kick off the second season of Speaking Duck this Wednesday. And also, every Wednesday, check out Dopamite Comedy at the Underground here in Toronto, Jeff Paul's last guest on his Potato Files podcast, famous for her comedy and rapping, the queen of baby dicks from Running at the Mouth, Aisha Brown. Thursday, on Talkin' Wrestling with host Casey Corbin, we have owner of the Comedy Bar and huge wrestling fan, Gary Rideout Jr., one of the first people I had featured on this very podcast along his best friend, Pat Thornton. If you want to take a deep dive into RNS's beginnings, check out that episode. And lastly, every Friday, the newest pod to join the NSN family, Extreme Video Game Podcast, Joey and Zach discuss retro games and produce music inspired by the games they're discussing. And I love the music. That's the best part of the podcast, in my opinion. All this and more on NeverSleepsNetwork.com. I want to thank my guests, Jess Solomon and the return of Deanne Smith for another great catch-up with these two incredible comedians. Catch them every month at the Comedy Bar and right now on this episode of Ross Never Sleeps. This is exciting. Yeah, no, it's so good to have you guys in again. How nice for these chairs. You write these off on your taxes? <laughs> so you're from Montreal? I'm not. I'm oh. not. I just happen to have friends from Montreal. There's a lot of... Uh, Represent. Ball sacks! <laughs> oh, yeah. Have a oh, they all have it. Oh, wait. You're leaving us? Okay. Well, I could lay on the back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you could just go have a life. Go yeah, have a life. Is this for... Look, that yeah. is for you. Thank you. I Thank you so this much. Perfect. This yeah. is what we need to offer people. Water. Yeah, so how is Solomon and Smith, the podcast? That's an interesting leap for you two. Not so much for you, because Questionable at best kind of ended and transitioned into Solomon and Smith. Is That's that true. A, is that true? I'd hate to say that Questionable at best is ended, but the fact of the matter is I don't think I've done it in almost a year. So I'm always like wanting to bring it back. But this is almost, you know, you've added Jess, Solomon. She keeps me on track. I do. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm the person that keeps this whole machine finely tuned. How did you two meet? Oh, oh my God. It's so funny, you actually. Tell the story. Um, so we met on the comedy scene, but we became friends when Deanne's girlfriend at the time invited me to her going away party before she left to Australia, which she does like pretty much every year for many months. And I got the invitation and I was like, oh, wow, I guess 
she really wants to be friends with me because I didn't think that we were close enough for the goodbye party and scenario. I was like, why did you invite guests? We're, we're not even friends. This is weird. <laughs> She's going to think I'm weird. I was like, wow, she really wants to take this to the next level. And, uh, and yeah, and her girlfriend just assumed that we were friends, even though we were just like acquaintances. Yeah. And um, I went to the party and I was like, all right, I'll do this, you know? And then uh, we, I was there with all of her closest friends and um, I think I didn't make an ass of myself. I don't know. We had a good time. Yeah, you just right yeah, in i don't know and then it she just, was like, not you, wrong that, yeah. that ex-girlfriend she she yeah so she kind of set us up as and friends. now how does you how do you get from friendship you know you're from new york now yeah and you're traveling a lot yeah. how do you even happen to build a, a thoughtful enough friendship that you're going to work mm. together how do you know that you're oh you know the, the perfect match well you know, clearly you are three seasons of a live show, a podcast. This is a good no question. No one really asked us too much about our uh, our friendship and the development thereof. You know what I just realized, though? That's exciting, because I always wondered how bands kept it together. <laughs> and I was always like, yeah, at least I'm not a band. I'm just a lone wolf, just yeah. a free spirit. But we have kept it together. Yeah, I mean, texting is good. We're both good at texting each other. Yeah, but how do, we, how do we make it into the juggernaut of entertainment? Mm. Yeah, how do you know you were Smith? destined to work for each other? <laughs> You know, you, you, you have different paths, you know, geographically, you know, it, it, Toronto kind of brought you together, which is weird. Well, we did. We did have a number of years in Montreal together. Oh, really? In Montreal. Yeah. That's where we both started doing stand up. Okay. So we had a good like five years. We had a good run. Yeah. In, in Montreal together. And the scene in Montreal is really small. There were only at the time when I started, maybe three other women, maybe two. Deanne in my now wife, so yeah. that goes to show you. Uh, you had to pick one, and then um, Heidi Foss, who was uh, sort of more of a veteran in the scene and wasn't hanging out as much. So yeah, it was just Deanne, Iman, and Heidi when I started. Six months after me, there were some other people that started, but I guess with just sort of like a similar sensibility. I don't know how to. Yeah, I would say this: we initially bonded because we would talk obsessively about girls, like constantly. All oh, we talked yeah. about was like relationship woes and triumphs. We had a lot of drama, and then once that all settled down, we had to do something else with our drama did so we made meet, a show did you meet each other before you met your partners yeah yeah well so, i guess i met deanne and my now my now wife was <laughs> on the comedy scene so i guess i met you guys at the same time yeah, I, I just keep saying my now wife yeah. my now wife um, <laughs> I think I can say wife my, my wife. wife your present wife my present wife um so yeah i guess we kind of yeah but she wasn't she wasn't who i worked with initially it was always it was always d that i was uh closer friends with and you become partners in crime you know yeah. comedy duos are a thing i know you think you're a lone oh. wolf until you meet somebody and then you have mm. to play off them you write together and now you have a show together and a podcast together and you know you think that questionable at best like doesn't need to end per se but now that you have a partner in this crime he's it's, really it's making evolution. this official <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah should we hold hands listen r.i.p questionable at best it's never coming back yeah i guess it's dead well podcasting is yeah. you, can, can we touch on that how podcasting yeah. is become so important to your comedy careers and comedy in general it has yeah oh i guess we can yeah i mean <laughs> not your favorite thing is it, is it does it seem like homework no the, the one like the solomon and smith podcast is so much fun i'm really glad that we're doing it i just think in general the idea that like it's never enough it's never enough 
You always have to be doing more, 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 more. Besides your, just your jokes. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into making a comedy career, I guess. Sure. But yeah, but podcasting is, I mean, I love podcasts. You listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I do. It's hard to remember a time without them even, Mm -hmm. but I mean, there are just so, so every comedian has a podcast. It's like having a Twitter. What's interesting about yours is it's half live show. So you. Thank you. Yes. I do think it stands out from the past. Absolutely. Shout out to the network, (laughs) the the DePaul brothers. Yes. uh, Doing some great stuff here locally in Toronto. The show involves live stand-up performances from the Bad Dog Theater. You've had guests like Courtney Gilmore, Chantal Moraska, Jackie Pirico, Brian Hatt, Great list, great, very Toronto represented. Iman's yeah. been on an episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, her now wife. Her My now, now wife, now is wife. appears on the podcast. Uh, Asaf Gerchak. Like these are Toronto, very, very good group of Toronto-based comedians. And now that you're coming back, season three, Comedy Bar main stage. Is this going to be another season of Solomon and Smith? Is this a plan to continue to do recordings of your live shows? and then putting them onto a second season of Solomon and Smith podcast. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, one thing that's cool about uh, Comedy Bar is that it's more of a stand-up venue. I think Bad Dog, I mean, it does a little bit of everything, but it's more improv-based. So I think we'll be able to get bigger audiences. And also, um, they're really well set up in the main stage for recording also, because they have microphones already set up to record the audience, which was something we didn't quite get down as much. Uh, last <laughs> season so all the laughs will be captured all the people on stage and and I guess you know not every single comedian that we have on the show is going to have a set on the podcast probably but we will feature a lot of Toronto I mean part of the idea is really to highlight Canadian talent and there's not a lot of venues for that really there's a couple of big festivals yeah and otherwise um, I don't know anyone in Canada that's doing live comedy on podcasts. So it could be a good place for people to learn about different comics. And then and then it's fun for us to sort of jump off from something in the set that is oh, like you want to talk about more. Like, for example, Brian Hatt's episode, he talks about dating out of his league. And then we had an expert come on who's a, a, a professional matchmaker and we talked about the whole concept of leagues. And so that was that episode. Um, so I think it's kind of... I love a, it. Yeah, it's kind of... I, I think, think it's, it's a great a fun, format. It's a great format, you know, and there's nothing else out there like it. And that's interesting to say that there's nothing else like it because Solomon and Smith in general, funny enough, you're saying this is a Toronto-based show. And of course, Dan, you call your, your home Toronto now and you're a New York comic who's specifically yeah. coming into Toronto to feature Toronto comics. And you both are widely touring around North America. And of course, you've been in Australia quite recently and you do seasonal work out there. What's it like coming into Toronto, featuring Toronto artists on this comedy bar main stage, putting them on a podcast and then taking them back to, to New York and taking them to Australia? Do you help bring more audiences using this format to other locations? Or is it hard to travel with your podcast? Is your podcast kind of Toronto based or when you see some of the analytics do you realize that it wherever you kind of go people in those cities are maybe interested in listening to more about what you're first of all you're assuming that we look at the analytics (laughs) well we did see that we did see a couple of people in like you know, international. Well, I was Did in. We I, look at well, them? I haven't. Well, I was them. in Peru. Yeah, I have to, oh, recently. Yeah. This was an exciting moment. These kind of things don't happen to me that much. I was on Peru. I was on Peru. I was on a podcast. Peru. I was in Peru, <laughs> and I the Peru podcast. The Peru podcast. <laughs> and um, I am Peru. I, I, yeah. And um, <laughs> dot com. <laughs> 
there was a, a like a fan that reached out and she saw that I was in Peru and she lives in Peru and she was listening to the podcast with her girlfriend long distance. Her girlfriend was in the US and they were listening to it together and she came to the hotel where I was to take a picture. Come on. Yeah. And that was like, that was very exciting. She must be doing uh, something right if, so you, if was, these moments yeah. are popping up. Yeah. So hopefully it's, it's, I mean, at this point, I don't think we have like such a big platform that it's necessarily doing anything for any comedian's career to be on the podcast so far. <laughs> but the idea would be that it would be a platform. There's other uh, podcasts out there that feature live stand-up comedy that have big audiences in the U.S. and and those are comedy credits there those those sets become <laughs> that was just the tiniest sneeze I was trying oh, to I thought you were laughing yeah. Uh, but yeah no Deanne bless you Dean. <laughs> thank you so yeah hopefully it'll grow into something where um, people can be discovered and gain a little bit of a following from being on our podcast I would say from my worldwide travels that um, I really think that the talent pool in Toronto is so great the Toronto I mean as you know because you go out all the time Toronto comics are there's so much talent here and it drives me nuts that there's not as much of a uh, what am I saying? A, a way for people to find out what yeah. about them and how good they are. Well, that's yeah. why we do this, right? Yeah. This podcast network, the reason we have you here today, it's like a big honor, first of all. And, and I, I have to apologize <laughs> because the last time I had Deanne in about a year ago, I fangirled on her quite a bit. Mm. And it, it's nice to have you two here because you are very good representations of, we kind of welcomed you as Toronto comics. Like I tell people Deanne Smith is a Toronto comic. Yes. I tell yeah. you, I tell people for the most part that you're a Toronto comic in a lot of ways because when I first learned about you and even Iman like I never thought oh Jess is a Montreal comic and I even know that you had spent time in Montreal but to me you're a traveling you're in Australia just as much as you're here and you being from New York and Iman I feel like you are very good at making cities your comedy homes and I'm interested to hear more about what's like the New York scene even like these days now that you're traveling back and forth so often the more time I spend in New York the more I kind of am like influenced or affected by you know by the comedy that's there I mean I think that just happens when you're in a city um, you just sort of see like there's a, there's certain differences in different trends and styles in in different cities in general though I mean if you're in a big urban progressive city like you can kind of expect like I'll say what you're not in general (laughs) yeah yeah in general (laughs) people in New York uh they're doing great work they're working really hard they got tight jokes it's like even on the lowest kind of open mic for the most part you're gonna see some great stuff yeah and thematically, um, one thing that I would notice sometimes when I come back here, or I've noticed recently, is that um, I feel like maybe in Toronto, people are a little bit more sensitive than in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Let's touch so on like, that. Let's I, touch I've, on that. I've been, I've been, because there is... You mean audiences? Yeah. A little what? bit. Race, you know, like, I think, like, there's just, like, in, in New York, like, that's probably the predominant topic in any stand-up comedy routine is like everything is sort of framed around race and and politics and and so you kind of you're in that world so you're sort of writing about that stuff and then you come back here and maybe it may not be a sensitivity it may just be like not not a non-issue but a, a little bit less of an issue so you know there isn't that kind of um people aren't as aren't thinking about it all the time aren't talking about it all the time so there isn't like a tension that you're sort of 
going into when you make a when you have a punchline or a joke that like lands in that direction like i would I say for sure if you as a white looking irish looking yeah comedian come to toronto f- for a, a lot of times depending on where you are like majority white audience unfortunately not always but a lot of times if you try to talk to them about race yeah that's not going to go over so well well no but i mean even i'm not saying uh even like making jokes about white people you know what I mean? It's like because right, people are don't realize, right? Yeah. So like it's not, I don't mean like I'm I'm like trying to talk about like the black person's perspective because I've been in Brooklyn for a year. <laughs> your body language, even right now, you're all closed like, up, like you're not, shrinking. It's not, yeah, but even just yeah, even jokes that come from like a white person's perspective, yeah, yeah, like, even, yeah, or like a self-deprecating perspective. It's I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's just it's just that there's a different preoccupation there. There's certain themes that are that are more talked well, about. Well, I like to talk about a little yeah. bit of those themes because yeah. in my opinion, you both can be very enlightening comedians in that you tackle very delicate subject matter, light and enjoyably. What are some of the more formidable jokes that you're working on or that you're most proud of as late? Because like you say, you you like I was talking about instant gratification with Deanne before we were recording. Like in comedy, you know if you're bombing, you know if your joke's working, you know what you word you're changing in your act to make something better. What are the touchy sub? Like, I mean, I love when Deanne talks about confliction and feminism. You know, right, like right. You, you know the gentleman elf themselves. Like, I was writing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was writing like an intro. I was like, oh, I was going to say Jess is a lady and Deanne <laughs> is a gentleman <laughs> elf. But then I was going to say she is a gentleman elf. Like, I don't like personally. The lady it's hard and for the me. elf. Yeah, <laughs> the lady and the elf. That's the next special. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can say whatever. That's that's part of my whole deal at the moment but I am talking a lot about gender on stage and I like I like the fact that you're there kind of like uh what should I say what should I talk about at least like it gets people thinking a little bit clearly when you see what's happening in Charlottesville and you're seeing all the stuff that's happening in Trump's America which is directly related to your act to your T-Mon's act to stuff you're saying yeah you know how do you attack your subject matter knowing that it's touchy yeah I mean it, one thing I'm discovering is that it's a little bit different slightly different in different places like I know with Iman too she has the same observation about coming to Toronto and it being a little bit more sensitive and she's just talking about her own uh, she's talking about Muslim she's talking about her own religion it's not a question of like um, being offensive it's just that in some places people are more uh, can laugh at something dark and in some places some audiences just feel bad so I don't know if it's like there's something it does seem like that would be Canadian yeah so I think it's yeah it's a little bit of a like like it's a little bit of a yeah when when in like in an American audience in a New York audience people may they get like that it's a dark joke or they get they're living in that moment and they almost need to make light of it whereas here it's sort of like oh no like that's so sad or something or so that's, are Canadians you know, more sensitive I mean I didn't think that really and I don't think that on all subject matters I mean I don't think Canadians are more sensitive about like dirty material or like sexual stuff or relation I don't think they're prudish you know in that way but I think just I mean I guess maybe just as sort of a function of the current politics and and, and things not being heightened here in the same way that they are there. And so the need to release that kind of tension that you sometimes get from a joke. And this is assuming that the joke is like perfectly written. And sometimes there's like 
it's not perfect and there's like you need to find the right way to um to deliver it and for it to fit within your persona and for people to trust where it's coming from and and all of those things need to be in place but assuming that the joke is good and that it's well delivered um do you hear a lot of you know bad jokes in the state i bet like in in new york where there's a plethora of comedians and of course there's a lot of great talent out there but that means the really bad ones stick out like a sore thumb well, there's a lot of like open mics that I don't go to where I'm sure there's a lot of like terrible new comics <laughs> yeah. and that's true everywhere and that exists also in New York. And then, I mean, the cool thing about New York is that there is, there are different scenes, right, within New York. It's such a big place. So um, you have uh, like certain kind of rooms in Harlem, you have the comedy club, you know, comedy clubs more like on Broadway where you, and Times Square where you have tourists that could be from Europe where they don't even speak English that well, or they could be from West Virginia and they could have been you know they could be neo-nazis like it really could be anything or you can be in brooklyn and it's a very progressive super discerning um very intelligent audience that will not go for any like you know men are like this women are like this whereas that kind of joke could kill you know on a weekend at a at a, at a big club so it really depends where you are um which is cool because you could test your material really in one city in a, in a lot of different kinds of environments and hopefully at the end of it think like, oh, this joke works in all of these places. It's a keeper. Yeah. Can we see you regularly in New York anywhere specifically? Or are you kind of just a, a new venue all the time? Yeah, I don't have like a regular place yet. Tr- that's a very show. Toronto thing. That's a very Toronto thing. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, probably some comedians that are further along in New York um, are like, at, like regulars at certain clubs. I um, am sometimes at the clubs, but... Not in any kind of like real regular way, but um, I am I always at different places. So um, people can check out my website, jesssolomon.com. <laughs> I keep my just schedule at work and keep your eyes open. Yeah, 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 just, yeah, exactly. But any clubs stick out where you or know that you're going to Peru and gonna see you know, <laughs> She is Peru. Anywhere in New York where you're guaranteed a good show. Like if I'm going to New York yes. for the first time and I want to see a, a, com- a comedy show, where does like, what's the first place you tell people to check out? Um, it depends on the night, but I'd say, you know, both UCB, Sure. both UCBs are great for, they both have stand up. So oh, yeah. check that out. Um, New York comedy club is my kind of go-to club. Uh, it's under new ownership from like a couple of years ago now, and they've really turned it around and it's a really fun, small club that, um, always has good lineups. Are you starstruck at all? I, I saw recently you were, you met Patton Oswalt, like there's oh, some yeah, New York legends sure. there. I definitely, um, I definitely get starstruck and there's like some less famous people that I get really excited to Janelle see. Janelle James. I love Janelle James. Do you know her? <laughs> you should I'm check not her familiar. out. She's, um, You'll hear of her soon. Okay. Uh, no, yeah, Janelle's, yeah, I really like her. She's so funny. She opened for um, Chris Rock and... Oh, wow, um, Trisha's yeah. favorite. My partner's absolute yeah. favorite is yeah. Chris Rock, yeah. She's got stuff, like, coming up, I'm sure. Well, speaking know. of New York, yeah. you were just immortalized, Deanne. What? In The New Yorker. What? There was a oh, photo yeah. of you performing. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have wrote the name your obituary. Liza Dinelli. <laughs> Liza Dinelli. Yeah. Uh, drew you, painted Uh you in the New Yorker performing. Well, I wish I could say it was actually in the New Yorker. Online? Yeah, online. So she's a New Yorker. She's an artist that works for the New Yorker. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It clearly looks like a stylized New Yorker. Yeah, it was very cool. Oh, it's amazing. So I did a show at Caroline's. Uh, (sighs) What was the show? It was something. It was at Caroline's. It was a super pack. pack. That's what it was. It was a lesbian super pack. 
fundraiser. Cool. I went. I went. So I was there. Yeah, I saw the whole thing. Yeah. What was that show? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so they had this Liza there in the back, just making sketches oh, of everybody. Incredible. It was so cool. They also had somebody else there in the front row. Oh, Gloria Steinem might have been in the front row. Uh, wow. Yeah. No it was biggie. Pretty intimidating. <laughs> That's yeah. New York for you, though, yeah. right? Like you, you uh, these people are live around the corner from these places, you know, yeah. sometimes, and they just this is their local hangout, or if they want to catch a comedy show, they're going to go to Caroline's. Especially Caroline's is one of the biggest names in New York. But now you're back, and you guys are doing more Solomon and Smith. Oh, Last yeah. season ended with Steve Patterson closing. Oh yeah, house. with a beautiful. Like he did a hilarious song. Um, we didn't end up getting it on the podcast because he was just testing it out before performing it. I forget what festival. Somewhere no. important. Somewhere important. It was. It's recorded for yeah. television. Who can we expect for season three? Oh my gosh! Oh, that's a good. We haven't actually. We haven't booked past our first show yet. So oh. yeah. our first show has already happened. And who did we have? We, we had, had Arthur Simeon. We had uh, Rachel Lazon. I think mm-hmm. L- I relatively new but very funny comic. Yeah, and uh, Paul Hutchison, who actually um, comes down to New York sometimes and does uh, solo shows. And yeah. That was the first show. Well, who can you expect? Only the finest. Yeah, we basically curate um, the finest Toronto comedians. And I mean, yeah, and if anyone other like comedians that we really love from Canada that happen to be in Toronto, also would love to have them. I have another personal question for you, Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of your major jokes in your your acts about being uh, an ex-war crimes lawyer working oh, with the UN. Right. Uh, how does being a professional in law aid you in your abilities to write comedy and perform in front of a live jury or audience? Yeah. I don't, you know, I wasn't really, a, I wasn't a litigator, so I wasn't up uh, in court in that. I was in court, but I wasn't one of the litigators. But I don't know. I guess... Um, there's something about law and also I think journalism that has the same idea of like getting right to what like the issue is or the headline is. It's, that's sort of similar to getting to what the punchline is in some kind of very uh, like theoretical way. I think that it's like a similar type of brain. Um, I, I would posit that her uh, being a lawyer helps her more in Facebook than maybe it does in comedy. <laughs> Jess, I, would you like I to talk it, about how being a lawyer helps win, you on Facebook? I win a lot of, I mean, there is no judge. I wish there was, because then we would have some stats on how many the arguments I, judge. I win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm one of those people that uses my law degree essentially for Facebook arguments. She'll get into it. And if you, if you try to come at her Facebook with some bullshit, you will get told. Yeah, I've scared a lot of people off. It's the best. What's the, the quick story of leaving <laughs> law to get into comedy, though? How did that really happen? It was happen? actually a pretty quick story because um, I uh, I just, well, anyway, it's it's not, there wasn't one defining moment, but I wasn't in love with the law, really. And um, I wanted to try comedy and it just was, I'm like a very all or nothing person. I've always been that way. And I just decided I was going to take a, like a year or two off of law do comedy, see if I made it. I didn't know anything about comedy. So I was like, oh yeah, okay. I like in two years, I'll know, like I'll either be famous or I won't. Like that's how (laughs) I'll have like a special or I won't. And I didn't realize, I didn't know anything about comedy. So I didn't know how long that took because I was like, oh, if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to law. And then, you know, two years in, I knew that I really loved comedy, but I definitely realized also how long it takes to get good at it like any other profession almost as long as it does take to become a lawyer 100%. you know what i mean yeah, yes that's, that's yes it. which but is what i tell my parents as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I don't have yeah. you for much longer. I did create a little bit of a game that Ooh. we could play. I know, we all love games. I'll, I'll definitely get you guys out in time. I basically put together a list of slang terms from your second homes, you, New York, and yes. you, Australia. Oh. And I need you to kind of give us uh, your definition, if okay. you know of it. All right. And you, I'm not going to say where it's from. You can both answer. So, for example, I'll say Macca's. Oh, McDonald's. And that's Australian for McDonald's. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, we'll get right into it. The first word is togs. I'm going to call those shoes, and I'm just totally guessing, and I've never heard it before. I've never heard it before That's either. Australian for swimsuit. Oh, uh, it sounds like a, yeah, like a G-string? Like, oh, no, like no, no, it sounds like a G-string. <laughs> All right, next I got slab. That is uh, a beer. That like is a beer. Two, I don't know how much. Like a like a, a slab a of beer, yeah. That's right. It's Australian oh, for two wow. for. Yeah. Okay. Um, a guap or guap. That sounds like a ethnic Guapo. slur. <laughs> like a very handsome Mexican man. Yeah. Is it? No, no it's no. New York for for money. You gotta get that guap. Guap? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm not running with that crowd. How about gully? Gully. gully. Well, 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 if if anything, this will help you bone up on your yes. on your no, New I York slang. Isn't this. from gully a thing? Isn't a gully like I wouldn't say this is neither Australia nor New York. Isn't it like a valley full of greenery? Well, Fern Gully was definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> so the Disney movie from like 1995, which is excellent. Is it a valley full of greenery? No, Gully like- is to be overly authentic or hailing from the streets of New York City. Someone's who's Gully. Oh, wow. This one's a little bit of, a, of an easier one. A hoopty. That's a car. Yeah. That's New York. That's New York car. Okay, Jess is no. blank face I right now. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Right, keep going. Keep okay, going. You like these? Okay, yeah. good. The word is root or to, to root. Fuck. <laughs> yes. Wow. It's so funny. That, that <laughs> really sounded like a real game show. You're yeah, like, yeah. the word is root. <laughs> to root. We need a buzzer. <laughs> um, chalkers. Oh, you mean that's, you mean that's Australian. Which means it means it means good luck. Oh no! Oh, I got chockers. Is very you're very full. Like I've eaten so much. I'm chockers. Is that Australian? It's Australian. Chockers. Yeah. I'm definitely not saying it properly with the right accent. That's that's what's throwing us off. Yeah, that's right. Well, then I give it away. It's like the same in regular English. That's true. Chockful. Oh yeah. Yeah. A billy. I don't know. That's a teapot in Australian. How about a dunny? That sounds a, Australian a for sure. A toilet. Uh, someone who is sus. Sus. Suspicious. Australian. This is all Australian. No, that's actually New York suspect. No. Yeah, or well, suspect. Maybe they probably say another one. That were, then equal points for I'm each too one. I'm excited. Uh, stubby. That is a beer. That is a beer in that Australia. I've heard. Yeah, I've heard that one before. It's truly. Aka Daka. ACDC. That's, that's, oh my God. That's Australians. All right, ladies, this I've had so you. Fun. Yeah, Thank you so it. much for coming. Uh, I want to just ask a new question with this season of Ross Never Sleeps. I want to know about your sleep. What, what do you guys oh sleep God. well? Oh you good God. sleepers? You are opening a can of worms here for old Deanne Smith. Yeah, Deanne. I am. I've just recently looked into it because I'm a very light sleeper and I have dreams all night. I think my REM cycle is very long if you want to be very specific about this. I basically just dream slash I'm kind of awake all night. She also wears... You wear like apparatus. I really try to block out the world as much as I can. Wow. So I got, I got my noise canceling headphones, the tooth, the teeth. Oh, the um, what's it called? Mouth guard. Mouth, mouth, guard. mouth guard. Yeah, I just I got wear one. one as well. Yeah, mouth I just guard. Got one. Then I got the earplugs or noise canceling headphones, depending on how intense it is out there. Wow. And you got to cover the eyes. 
And yeah. you just? She looks like she's getting ready for... I suit up like a squirt. Yeah, yeah, we shared, yeah, a, we shared a bed on tour. That's why I've seen and her. Like She's like, all right, are we done talking? Because then it's like... <laughs> time and I get really excited. And je- you're the first one that ever said to me, like, you're, I'm nervous you're not going to fall asleep. You're like so excited about going to bed. Because I'm always like, yeah, we're going to go to bed. time for yeah. bed. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty decent sleeper. I just hate going to bed. So I stay up really late and then I hate the morning, but I generally sleep okay. While you're sleeping, you're sleeping. Yeah. I have gotten the mouth guard though recently because I think I'm, I've been grinding, grinding the teeth down. You're grinding? Yeah. I feel like everybody could benefit from a, a mouth guard. You don't snore. I'm a chewer. Yeah. I'm a chomper when I say, I think I have like a, a, the want to eat while I'm sleeping. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll like grind but you don't, my you teeth don't sleepwalk down. out and like no, get anything No, 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 no. But uh, I'm, I'm a terrible sleeper, like one of the worst. Uh, and you're, yourself, Jess, are you I, I, capable of, of the, yeah. the sleeping arts? Yeah, I'm, I've, I'm generally pretty pretty good at it. I guess I, I don't have, I don't worry too much about too many things. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I don't know. Where can we hear more? see more of you on the interwebs your socials yeah well, i got a website dnsmith.com um give me a minute i'll update it since i told you guys about it uh i'm on twitter Deanne. i think it's underscore smith i don't know just google me guys google it i'm uh i'm also i'm just underscore solomon i guess we got on twitter around the same time what was it 2000 and I don't 14, 13? No. Yeah. So recently. Oh, I don't know. When did Twitter start? There anyway. Is, there is a Jess Solomon, though, and uh, on Instagram without an underscore. And uh, she works for the United Nations. And she oh, messaged so me funny. in a direct message and said that she wants to do comedy. And I told her not to leave the United Nations, yeah. <laughs> which was a really weird, trippy Fuck experience. Off. So Fuck I'm Jess underscore Jess Solomon. Solomon. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. me messaging you from the future. Yeah, I know. Don't it's do very it. sliding doors. Um, well, yeah. you're both on tour. Like you guys have crazy tour dates are all over your websites. Oh, yeah. You're touring all around September, October, all Come over the states and the East Coast, Canada and Edmonton. Well, but be in Calgary at the YY Comedy Festival. I'm, do- well, I'm doing a French set. Yes. I'm doing French in Calgary. Come on. Let's see Calgary, guys. Yeah. I guess being from Montreal is the benefit, right? The bilingual comedy. That's huge in Canada. If you can get a bilingual audience, that's sometimes all you need. Yeah, she's crazy in French. She's so good. Deanne just saw me recently in French yeah. for the first time. I just have an accent that's very funny to people. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you. Solomon and Smith is entering its third season at the Comedy Bar main stage. After this episode, it's usually on the first Tuesday of the next six months in the fall, but October will be the first Monday, October 2nd. Monday. Comedy Bar... Expect great lineups. Expect another season of Solomon Smith, the podcast, which cracked yes. the 100 uh, top comedy podcasts yeah, on yeah. iTunes. Go listen to Solomon so and Smith. So go listen to Subscribe. Solomon and Smith. I want to thank my guests, Jess Solomon and Deanne Smith, for coming on to Ross Never Sleeps. Thank you, ladies. It's such a pleasure always having you here. Thank Thanks you. for having us. Never Sleepers, sleep tight. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 